The following is a sermon from Faith Troy, a church located in Troy, Michigan. For more information and more audio and video content, go to www.faithtroy.org. To the ends of the earth, that offering song, it just, I just realized as I uh, was sitting in my seat, this will be my story, this will be my song. You get to hear a man's story of how he came from the religious law and society of the Middle Eastern culture and life uh, to praise Jesus in truth and freedom. It's going to be great. Looking forward to This is Pastor Abjar Baku. He is from Dallas, Texas area, Waco, actually. Uh, his first job, uh, because I think there's a doctor somewhere in your title, right? Reverend Dr. Abjar Baku. He is a senior lecturer at Baylor University in Arabic and Muslim uh, studies uh, as his first job, but his second job with his wife, Falan, they are missionaries in our Lutheran church uh, to the first Arabic Lutheran church in, in, in the LCMS. It's just amazing uh, to hear his story today. And um, if, if um, as we speak, you know, I was listening to his message uh, he uses the word uh, Samaria. His first language is Arabic. I say Samaria. He says potato. I say, you know, potato. <laughs> but he, I lost my first language, uh, which is Bicolano, and he kept his first language, which is Arabic. So he's speaking to you in English today in his sermon. Isn't that good news? Yeah. Okay, let's pray for him, okay? Father God, thank you so much uh, that we are blessed that your word is going to go forth and that it's going to come into our hearts and it's going to change lives. And I pray that as we listen, you would open our hearts and minds to receive from you what you're teaching. Holy Spirit, you be the teacher and bless him, Lord, with uh, boldness and power from your word and your spirit. We ask this in the name of Jesus, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Pastor Abjar Baku. Amen. Good morning. Is it working? It is uh, an honor and privilege to be here. This is my third visit to faith, but you, uh, I never spoke to the English-speaking congregation. I, usually I come here and I conduct services in Arabic and I leave or I come and attend sitting somewhere. So uh, this is my first time speaking to the Arabic and also to the English uh, congregation. In our text today, that you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, or Samaria, Samaria, (laughs) and to the end of the earth. What Jesus is doing here, he is reinstating what he commanded us uh, before he was lifted to heaven. We know that Jesus last commands to us That's in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 to 20, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And then he gives us a beautiful and powerful promise. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What Jesus is adding here, some geographic area, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the end of the age. What shocks the disciple not going to Jerusalem or Judea or anywhere else but Samaria? Because when we read 
the Gospel of John, chapter 4, when Jesus encountered, encountered the Samaritan woman, John comments on this, for the Jew do not associate or did not associate or even hated or did not like the Samaritans. And so when Jesus mentioned specifically the Samaritans, that was a shock for the disciples. He is challenging us to go meet disciple people who are not like us, people who we don't associate with, people who we might consider pagans. A Samaritan is someone who is not like us. A Samaritan, to put it in our context, Lutheran context, is not someone German Lutheran just like me and Pastor Tony. In today's message, I will share my own story, connecting it to our text. I was born in a small town, northeast Syria, right at the border, at the corner between Turkey and Iraq. In a small town, this small town called Al-Malikiya, also called as Derik. In 1986, at age of 14, I left my hometown, traveled 500 miles to Damascus, the capital of Syria, to enroll in the Syrian Orthodox monastery and seminary there. It is the main seminary in the Syrian Orthodox Church. It is like the equivalent of the two seminaries we have in our LCMS church. The seminary was cross street from the church of Ananias, where Paul was baptized. We read in the book of Acts, chapter 9, verses 11, the Lord said to Ananias, Arise and go to the street called Straight, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. The Straight Street, that's, what, that's the neighborhood where I spent my childhood and teenage years. Growing up in a Muslim-majority society, Syria, 90% are Muslims, 70% are Sunni Muslim, and then 20% other Shiite and Druze minority. And the other minority are Christian, who are 10% now after the war, they are less than 5%. So it's, a, it's, it's going down. In this Society, encounters with Muslims were spontaneous and daily. I knew, even as a child, that I was different. That's, that's every Arab Christian know that he is different. I am the Jew, and they are the Samaritans. Or in their eyes, we were the Samaritan, and they are the Jew. However, it was not enough to feel different. I gradually realized that this differences implies that I have something precious to share with my Muslim friends. Just like Jesus did with the Samaritan woman, we have to go to the Samaritans, take the initiative, breaks in, be their neighbor, and start a conversation as simple as, 
Can I have a glass of water? That's what Jesus did. This is how Jesus breaks in with this Samaritan woman. After completing my theological study in 1993, I graduated from the seminary with a diploma in theology, was ordained deacon monk in the Sino Orthodox Church. I took my monastic vows and was sent by the Patriarchate to study in Rome. It is a collaboration between the Vatican and the non-Catholic churches. Through this uh, collaboration after the Second Vatican, I was involved in this program, and here I got full scholarship from the Vatican to study there. After completing my master's in Rome, I was ordained priest in March of 1997 at St. Ephraim Chapel Monastery in Damascus, Syria. In 1999, right after my graduation with a doctorate in youth ministry, and to my surprise, the Holy Spirit selected the Golden State, California, for me to serve. So six years in Damascus and six years in Rome, I end up in California. God has a sense of humor. I was called by the Bishop of, by the Archdiocese of Western United States to serve as a youth pastor and bishop assistant to the Western Archdiocese of United States located in Southern California, Burbank, California. And here I started my life as a minister. I started to serve three communities, three immigrants community in Northern California and in Southern California, San Jose, Chico, California, Chico, Sacramento, and down south in San Diego. These communities started due to the overflow of Arab immigrants to California. So the demand to serve this community was high. The Archdiocese planted these churches and members could not afford a full-time priest there. So I would fly or drive, lead service, do Sunday's duties if there is a baptism or something, and come back to the Archdiocese house. In addition to these Sunday duties, and because of my specialty in youth ministry, I was launched into this jungle called youth ministry in Southern California. Dearly brothers and sisters, this is how I started my life as a minister in this great land called America. I never thought of coming even to America. From this continued until almost 2003. From 2003 to 2005, I left ministry due to many things that I will not have time to share. So I moved. I left California and drove all the way to Texas to pursue a career in the academic world, in the academia. And so I began a new graduate study, and I ended up getting another doctorate in mission and evangelism with the focus of Arabic and Islamic studies. During that time, and exactly in 2005, precisely in 2005, I started to hang around with the Lutheran Church in the Texas district. I was introduced to the Lutherans and a man called Martin Luther. All my life, up to that point, I have been taught that Martin Luther was a heretic. 
who split the church. He, his wife Katerina, are burning in hell because he was a monk who broke his vows and he broke the church and he married a nun. That, that, that's all what I know. Very negative stereotype. So to put it in our context, I would consider Martin Luther and Lutherans the way a Jew would look at the Samaritan. As I continue to hang around with this bunch of Lutherans and doing my min the, continuing my second graduate study, I began to realize something, that these Lutherans aren't as bad as I thought of them. I continued to hang around with them doing translation. They needed somebody to translate uh, prayer and uh, teaching in Arabic for the immigrants, right, now, right at that time, the uh, American, American invaded Iraq and then the, the civil war in Iraq started. So we had all overflow of immigrants in North Texas. And so we started to reach out to these immigrants. In 2007, they gave me a book by Lawrence White called Life with God. It is a discipleship program written in English, and they wanted me to translate it into Arabic. For over two months and over eight hours a day, I lived and interacted with this book. That experience crushed the negative picture I had in my mind about Luther and built a new picture. I always... When I write in my memoir, I summarize this experience in these words. And I am quoting here from my memoir. For the last 34 years of my life, I was ministering and living my relationship with Christ under the law or under the curse of the law, not under grace. I was trying all my life to please an angry God through man-made rituals Regulations, traditions that instead of allowing me to test the sweetness and the freeing power of the gospel, they terrified me and imprisoned me in the practice of the law. After that experience, the Lutherans were not as Samaritans anymore. They are my brothers in faith. <clears throat> That year, I began also the application, the process of becoming a certified pastor in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And that was not an easy process. It lasted two, three, four years. Uh, this ended in August of 2012, after I was colloquialized in, at uh, the International Center in St. Louis. In August of that year, I was certified as a pastor in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. This point, Lutheran are not only my brothers, but I am a pastor in a church that for over 30 years I considered Samaritan heretics burning in hell. Can you imagine how the transformation is? So I am burning in hell now also. Yeah. Immediately after I met the real Luther, I met Hazem, his wife Sarah, 
and their three children. Hazm was born and raised as a Muslim, Shiite Muslim, in the holy city of Najaf, Iraq. Najaf is the Jerusalem of the Shiite Muslim. Okay? He was raised and born there. And time will not permit me to go through all his testimony. That would be another sermon. But uh, let me just give you a few words. In 2008, Hazm arrived in the United States. And we got connected to him through the settlement agency. And in, 2000, in October 19 of 2008, at our Redeemer Lutheran Church in Dallas, I had the privilege to baptize him, his wife Sarah, and their three children. And that's Hazm and his three children. In 2009, another Iraqi Muslim, this man, this is a Sunni Muslim, knocked on my door. Mu'min. Mu'min is the grandson of the Grand Mufti of Iraq. Mu'min, whose name means believer, had many questions about Christian faith. I sat with him and answered all of them. I continued to disciple him, reaching out to him and talk to him. And in the summer of 2009, Mu'min was baptized in the same church. With Hazm, his family, and Mu'min, we started the first Arabic congregation in the district of Texas. A year later, Hazm's twin brother came from Canada, and his sister came from here, from Michigan. I had also the privilege to baptize his twin brother and his sister. Just like the first believers in the book of Acts, we, 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 we read that after the Pentecost, the disciples continued to devote themselves to the teachings, fellowship, breaking bread, and prayer. That's exactly what we did at Hazem's house. And here my wife got many times angry with me because I was staying until one o'clock in the morning, talking to Hazm and his wife, and she would cook for us, and we would just talk and disciple and pray with them. And the Lord continued to give us favor in the eyes of the Arab immigrants, and the ministry continued to grow. Here are a few pictures of how the ministry continued to grow. We reach out to, to Arab Christians also from different de denominations. This is a very dear picture to me, because the one standing in the middle, while I was having uh, uh, black hair, is the only one who is born, raised Christian. That's me in the middle. All of these, there is 14 or 15, I don't, I, did, I forgot, but I think 15. People there, they were all Muslim who came to Christ through our ministry in Dallas area. Due to some administrative issues, we moved the ministry from our Redeemer Lutheran Church to Peace Lutheran Church in Hearst, Texas, which is around 30 miles south of Dallas. The first Arabic worship at Peace was on Palm Sunday in 2011. That's the first Arabic worship. However, Friday before Sunday, something providential happened. 
I had a call to officiate a funeral, but was not like any normal Christian funeral. The lady who passed away was a Christian, but her husband was a Muslim. And she remained Christian all her life. And when she was at her, uh, before she passed away, she asked her children to marry her in a Christian faith or to, uh, to do her funeral, to bury her in, in, the, in the Christian faith. Attending that funeral were 55 people, of whom only five were Christian, 50 were Muslims. That Friday morning in this same chapel, I had the privilege to preach the gospel to over 50 Muslims. That was the first worship at Peace Lutheran Church. The first $500 I received donation to our ministry was from this Muslim family, was not from a Christian. To this day, her son Suhail comes every year, attend service, and donate money for our church in his mother's memory. And that's Suhail and his wife attending our service around Christmas. And you can see the poncetia on the altar. In 2014, my deacon Fadi met Gulnaz, another Muslim student from Russia this time. She had no paper, no job. She came to America as a nanny. She is a hardworking girl, and she wants to stay and make a new life in this country. Fadi never tried to convert her. All what he did, he became a neighbor to her. She, he helped her find a job. He drove her to work. He got her a room in his house until she was able to rent. All this, he became a neighbor to her. But Fadi, when he drives from his home to work, which is around 25 minutes every morning, and when he goes back, he listens to worship songs and sermons. And so she is sitting in the car with him. She has no other choice but to listen. So she listens. Few days, few weeks passed on, and Golnaz had an encounter with the gospel, with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. She started to ask questions. Fadi answered, and the conversation went on and on and on. The gospel breaks in into her heart and convicts her, and she is seeking. She is asking now God's grace to come into her heart. He called me, he said, she wants to be baptized. I said, no, we need to catechize her. So for six months, Fadi and I, we catechized her. We went through the whole catechism in English with her. And in November 9, Sunday, November 9, 2013, at 4 p.m., we baptized Gulnaz. That same service, that same night, was not only Golnaz baptism, but it was a historical day for our ministry and for our whole synod. That same night, the Antiochian Apostolic Church, that's the name of our church, was charted as the first Arabic 
speaking con Lutheran congregation in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate. <laughs> After eight years, over eight years, looking back and, and imagining all the challenges that we faced in the last eight years, the Arabic ministry continued to grow in North Texas. Let me give you just a few examples and a few pictures. In 2012, we had three participants in our first confirmation class. In 2015, we had 14. And these are the two pictures. You can see 2012, 2014, uh, 15, which is last year. 14, this is a combination. You, are, you have kids who just came to this country, kids who were born in this country, and, and kids who came as an adult to this country. Combination, you have Jordan, Iraq, Syria, Texas. That lady there in the middle is from Texas. That's the vision of our ministry. This last Easter, Holy Week and Easter, we had three services. Friday, washing of the feet, Good fr uh, Thursday, Friday, and, and Easter Sunday. Over 200 immigrants from all over the Arab world attended our three services. And these are some of the pictures. As you can see, we do a colorful liturgy, just like the East, to connect with them. These people are not only Muslim convert. These also are coming from what we call them the persecuted church. We know that in August of 2014, ISIS invaded Mosul and invaded the Nineveh Valley, one of the most ancient, the first Christian community was in the Nineveh Valley. That's where Abraham walked. So for the last, for, the, for over 2,000 years, Christianity exists there until August of 2004. ISIS came, in two hours wiped 7,000 years worth of, of history. Over 150,000 Christians were displaced from their home. They left their businesses, their house, their car, they run only with their, with their clothes, the clothes that they have in. They tell me stories that ISIS would look, they would even take the jewelry, the earring, everything you have. You're going to leave them here. Those, and then just get out. These people came to Texas, and we are ministering to them. Last, uh, something else do I need to share? Yeah. This year, we started something else. We started an international media ministry, which my sermons in Arabic are being broadcast all over the world, especially to the Middle East and Europe. Through ABN channel, Christian Satellite, which is located here in, uh, in Detroit area. Tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock will be later, it will be in the afternoon in Europe and the Middle East and Australia. I will be doing a two hours show, also a live, live talk show. And we will talk about the Great Commission in Arabic. The two hours that I am going to do will reach millions of people in Europe and especially to the Middle East. 
So that's what the Lord is adding to our ministry this year. They started to broadcast my sermon on every Wednesday, every Friday, and Saturday. Three times they broadcast them. And millions of people we get from all over. And also after working for almost 11 years with these immigrants, I saw the need of a discipleship program that reaches to Arab Christian and also Muslims. And so for the last two years, I have been working on an adult membership book in Arabic called Life with God. And it's finished, and uh, hopefully by the end of the year will be published. And also based on that, I will be doing also a video teaching. This video teaching will be broadcast all over the world also. And we'll, we'll put it with the book. It's just like Luther Catechism, based on Luther Catechism with an expansion version and also contextualized vocabulary that an Arab Christian can understand it, a Muslim can understand what we are saying. This is a unique doc document. Nobody has ever done this based on our Lutheran teaching, based on Luther Catechism. Now let's, uh, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about our relationship. In 2014, I got a call from a man by the name of Pastor Tony Boss from Faith Lutheran Church Troy. I never heard of Faith Lutheran Church Troy. And he introduced himself and he said, uh, when we started a conversation of how can we reach out to the Arab immigrant, 300,000 plus Arab Christian and Muslim in Detroit area. And here we start the conversation. November 30th, right after Thanksgiving, I flew from the sunny Dallas Thanksgiving to snowy Detroit to lead an Arabic worship here at peace. It was 70 degrees. We left Dallas. We landed in Detroit. It was two inches of, of snow. And we led worship, and God blessed us that night. The, con the conversation continued last uh, April also, but no snow this time in April. I came also, and we visited with Arab also families here uh, to lead, and we led another worship in Arabic. Last night was the third one, and the ministry continued to grow. Ladies and gentlemen, this is all happening and more and more and more. When he called me, when Tony called me, I said, I have 200 things to share. And I have only 25 minutes to share these 200 things. So what do you want me to share? <laughs> so this all is happening and more and more and more. Not because we are smart people. Not because I got a degree in mission and evangelism. No, no, this is all. We are nothing but a earthly vessels. We are sinners saved by grace. This is all happening because as the article of faith, Luther Catechism teaches us that the Holy Spirit is the one who calls, gathers, enlightens, sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth. People that we mentioned in this message were once Samaritans and now they are our brothers and sisters in faith. They are citizens in his kingdom. People came to Christ, still coming to Christ, and will come to Christ because of faith alone, grace alone, Christ alone, 
And all this is for his glory and power. Amen. Amen. You, you, you forgot to say that I actually preached at your church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But not in Arabic. He did a great job in English, didn't he? Awesome. Praise God for that. You may be seated, but I am going to ask somebody to stand and come up, and that's his beautiful wife, not from America, but she uh, corrected me. She's from Texas. Her name is Philan, and she is not Katerina Von Bora, you know, but could you, isn't the life, uh, his life as a monk to a married man and to writing in Arabic, translating for the people so much like Luther? It's amazing to me. And then to have this relationship with him has been where, uh, very good for me because almost weekly I've been on the phone. Abjar, I got this situation. Here, you talk to him. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know what they say. No, a little bit. But you've seen our ministry. You've been in town uh, for the first time, Philan, but for Abjar, uh, and you know how we're reaching out. Is there anything that you want to just, Philan, he's been talking too much, so you, uh, what, what do you see us doing and growing as, as a, a ministry in outreach to refugees and immigrants? Well, what I've seen so far is fantastic. Your doors are open, and that is the absolute first step that we must take, is to open our doors to these families. It can be very scary because they are not like us. This is strange. I love this man, but he can be strange sometimes. But one of the things that I've learned is that when we open our doors, we realize these people are so much more like us than we are ever led to believe. These women who come to America, who've left behind mothers and fathers and sisters, brothers, they're sewing circles. They have nothing. It's our job to step in and welcome them into ours. These mothers of young children, they have not yet reached the terrible twos. We've been there, we've done it, and we can help them through that. Your teen years in America is completely different than your teen years in the Middle East. These are things that we can absolutely help them with and step up and simply be a friend. Thank you, Philan. Um, we had the Arabic worship night. 22 Arabic children were here at Faith, and they said the Bose family was the babysitting crew that night. They said, this is awesome. When can we come back? Do you have soccer? You know, they played soccer out on the field. They did all these things. Do you see the potential of that happening here? Can you imagine that? Uh, in the gym, there are opportunities for you to sign up for the Arabic um, citizenship class. 350 people have graduated, become American citizens since 2009 in this place. Isn't that amazing? Fred Kummer has been leading that with John Zamzow. Uh, and you might have, just as I have, prejudice. Who are these? Can I trust them that they're Christian? The Lord's working, folks. Yes, we live in, in crazy times. But God has placed them here. And how do we, as Christians, reach out? Correct, Abjar? Anything else? Yeah, last for, words. Yeah, for the last th three times I have been coming here, and uh, for the last four days also, uh, yesterday we sat two and a half hours with your group that you are leading and uh, I, I see that you are doing great job becoming a neighbor to them, offering all these uh, programs that helps them naturalize in this country and uh, what I realize also that the thirst and the hunger for the word of God. We sat yesterday two and a half hours with them and they wanted more and they were pleased that we are reaching out to them with the word of God. Not only hunger, emotional, or, or they, there is a spiritual also hunger. Amen.